short period of time. And I said, Ron, if I were George Washington and Abraham Lincoln combined and I came back from the dead and I endorsed you, I don't think it would matter. You're gone, man. He said, sir, you're very popular in Florida. You know, I got 1.2 million more votes than him. You keep hearing how many votes. I got 1.2 million votes than him. And I'm the one that turned Florida red, not him. He didn't turn Florida red. They all go on my fumes. But I said, if you do that, then I said, look, uh, you know, I didn't know the Secretary of Agriculture. His name is Adam Putnam, nice guy. But he was leading by numbers that were uh, like, not as much as I'm leading these guys by. But he was leading by big numbers. It was over. They were already measuring the carpet in the, uh, the statehouse. They were going to be, they were going to have the most beautiful carpet you've ever seen in the mansion, as they call it. But I said, all right, Ron, let's do it. And I did it. And this guy went up like a rocket ship. I've never seen anything like it. He was dead. In other words, without me, he was dead. And then they asked him, and then I helped him get through the general election. By the way, he was running against a very hot guy. He turned out to be a crackhead, but these are minor problems. <laughs> but he was the hottest. Him and Stacey Abrams were the two hottest female male politicians in the country, Democrats. And he said, I won't be able to beat him. I gave him three giant Trump rallies. I said, you're going to win, Ron. I don't think so, sir, anyone, okay? Then four years later, they said, will you run against the president? He said, I have no comment. I said, no comment. That means that guy's running. That means he's running. And I started hitting him very early. Harmeet said, don't please, sir. He's a Republican. Don't hit him. He's a Republican, sir. I said, I don't give a damn if he's a Republican. Got to hit him. <laughs> he's a Republican, Harmeet. He's a Republican. I don't care what the hell he is. And I hit him hard, and he's crashing like a bird that's seriously wounded in flight. And here in California, we're leading by a gigantic margin with Trump at 48 and DeSantis, who's now at a number that's so low, they don't even know what that. I think they've given up on him. But we're, we're leading by close to 50 points, 5-0. And for NFL fans, any, do you have any NFL football fans here? We will not play prevent defense. You know what prevent defense is? You hold them scoreless for almost four quarters, and you just have to do it once more, and they go to prevent. And prevent, right? All the football fans are nodding. There's only about 2% of you in this room. Prevent is something that's supposed to work, but it doesn't. It means you get soft. We don't get soft. We're also doing historic margins with the unbelievably great Hispanic American community. They love us, and I love them. In 2020, we did better than any president in more than 50 years, and we're going to win record numbers of Hispanic American votes next November. And the African American Male has been unbelievable. Females have got to come along a little bit. Got to come along. But we're doing great. We're doing great. The radical left, that's right. And people from Vietnam love Trump. Where are, where are the Vietnam? Oh, they are great. So many great. They are so great. They come all dressed up in those beautiful outfits. We love you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. The radical left Democrats rigged the presidential election of 2020, and we're not going to let them rig the presidential election 
of 2024. Do you hear that? That's you. Every time the radical Democrats, Marxists, communists, fascists indict me, I consider it a great badge of honor because I'm being indicted for you. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. How about I go home to our in uh, war room battleground? We're going to continue with President Trump's speech at the California GOP convention. About six o'clock. I think I'm being indicted again. The good news is she's now taking it a little bit lighter, you know, like, oh, again? How many times can you do it? I heard they were going to do it two more times, and they said, don't do it to their people, to their maniacs. Never forget our enemies want to stop us because we are the only ones that can stop them. The only ones. And we're going to get your situation taken care of in California for the vote. They want to take my freedom because I will never let them take away your freedom. They want to silence me because I will never let them silence you. And in the end, they're not after me, they're after you. I just happen to be, unfortunately for me, standing in the way. Here is just some of the agenda and closing that we will immediately implement when we become, we, we, it's all of us, we're all gonna become, that's what it is. So this is a group effort, it really is. When we become the 47th president of the United States of America, I will totally obliterate the deep state. We were starting, we knocked out Comey and all these guys. It it is deeper than anyone ever thought, but we got rid of a lot of bad ones. Comey got rid of them. Oh, sir, why did you fire him? They found out. Before I even arrive at the Oval Office, shortly after I win the presidency, I will have the horrible war between Russia and Ukraine settled. It'll get settled very fast. We want to have people not be killed. They're killing hundreds of thousands of people. Horrible. Would have never started if I were president. So many things. You wouldn't have had inflation. You wouldn't have had the war of Ukraine. China wouldn't be talking about Taiwan. And you wouldn't have had the most embarrassing day in the history of our country. That horrible situation that took place in Afghanistan. You wouldn't have had that. I think it was the lowest point. I think I'd actually convinced Putin to go in. He looked at that, he said, anybody that incompetent, I should do whatever the hell I want. And I'm the only candidate who can make this promise to you, I will prevent World War III. And we're much closer than anyone else. We're much closer. And this would be a war like no other because the level of power from weaponry, from all of the weapons, the new weapons and the nuclear weapons has never been anything like it. This would not be two army tanks running around shooting each other. This is a level of power that nobody's ever seen before. This is obliteration. And I will have it stopped. I will have it stopped. To stop Biden's inflation catastrophe, bring down the cost of energy for Californians to become energy independent again and even energy dominant. We were ready to become energy dominant. We were totally independent. As we were just three years ago, think of it, three years ago, we were energy independent. Oil was at $1.87 a gallon. Can you believe it? We will drill, baby, drill. Going to bring down inflation, way, way down. That'll knock out inflation, a lot of it. Then we're going to get your interest rates down so you can actually go out and buy a house if you want it. Right now, nobody's buying houses because they can't get any money from the banks, right? 
On day one, I will sign a new executive order to cut federal funding for any school pushing critical race theory, transgender insanity, and other inappropriate racial, sexual, or political content on our children. And here in California, they're wiping away the names of Abraham Lincoln, Thomas Jefferson, and George Washington off your schools. Under my leadership, we will once again teach our children to love America, and we will have great schools that lead to great jobs so that our children can have incredible, beautiful lives. I will not give one penny to any school that has a vaccine mandate or mask mandate. No mandates. You want it, you can have it, but no mandates. As I said, very importantly, I will keep men out of women's sports. We will do that. And we will gain total independence from China. And I will hold the Chinese Communist Party accountable for unleashing the China virus upon the world. Something will happen with that. We will make the Silicon Valley tech tyrants answer for their illegal censorship, and we will restore free speech in America. What they did during the election was horrible. FBI and Twitter, they caught Twitter files. The 51 intelligence agents that all said the laptop from hell was from Russia. It wasn't from Russia. You know where it was from? It was from Hunter. Just as I did for four years, I will fully uphold your Second Amendment. Nothing happened with it. That wasn't easy. And I will secure our elections with special emphasis and force placed on California so that we can go all paper ballots, voter ID, same-day election, and you actually have to go to a booth. But until then, Republicans must win and we must compete. We have to compete. We have to win this election. If we don't win this election, we're not going to have a country left anymore. So, in conclusion, this is what we must do to restore our country to greatness. The USA is a mess. Our economy is crashing. Inflation is out of control. China, Russia, Iran, and North Korea have formed together as a menacing and destructive coalition, and a very dangerous one at that. Our currency is crashing and will no longer be the world standard, which will be our greatest defeat in over 200 years. If that happens, we will revert to a status that you wouldn't believe how low we will be. It won't happen with me, not even a chance, just like Russia would never have invaded Ukraine, and China would not be even thinking about raiding Taiwan. And we would have left Afghanistan with dignity and strength and pride instead of our greatest embarrassment in history. We would have kept Bagram, the big air base, biggest air base in the world. We would have kept it not because of Afghanistan, but because Bagram is one hour away from where China makes its nuclear weapons. And we left in the dark of night. We left the lights on and we left the dogs behind. For those people that love dogs, they always say, did they take the dogs? No. And uh, if you probably know anything about the Taliban, they're not, they're not big into the world of dogs, so you can imagine. If you took the five worst presidents in the history of the United States and added them up, 
They would not have done near the destruction to our country as crooked Joe Biden and the Biden administration have done. We are a failing nation. We are a nation in decline. And now these radical left lunatics want to interfere with our elections by using law enforcement. It's totally corrupt, and we won't let it happen. That's why you must show up to vote in the California primary on Super Tuesday, March 5th. March 5th, that's your first one. And we'll get to November. Get every Republican you know and bring them out for Team Trump. And we're a team. We're all a team together. Remember what I said. MAGA, make America great again. America first. This is the greatest political institution ever in the history of our country. There's never been a movement like this. Newt Gingrich, who's a great guy, said last night, it's a phenomenon the likes of which has never happened in our country before. Look at the crowds. Forget about this crowd. Look outside. Thousands and thousands of people knowing they can't get in. And they come anyway. 2024 is our final battle with you. At my side, 2022, it's all a battle. If you want to know the truth, stand up. Let me see. Stand up. Whoa. Thank you. Thank you, Dad. It's all a battle. But 2024 is our great battle. We have to win. If we don't win that battle, we will not have a country anymore, in my opinion. With you at my side, we will demolish the deep state. We will expel the warmongers. From our government, we'll get them in. These people that want wars in every place, places that nobody ever heard of. We lose our youth, we lose our money, and they don't even want us in their territory. We will drive out the globalists. We will cast out the communists, Marxists, and fascists. We will throw off the sick political class that hates our country. We will rout the fake news media. We will evict crooked Joe Biden from the White House. And we will finish the job once and for all. And I make this promise to you, the great people of California. We are going to save your state. The great silent majority is rising like never before. And under our leadership, the forgotten men and women will be forgotten no longer. With your help, your love, and your vote, we will put America first, and we will make America great again. Thank you, California. God bless you all. God bless America. Thank you. Thank you.
Okay, an absolute packed lunch there at the California State uh, Convention. Uh, just absolutely incredible. President Trump, with an hour and thirty minute uh, hour and thirty minute speech, uh, went over uh, really a lot of the topics he started to develop or developed a more that was at the uh, was uh, at the Detroit speech. Detroit speech, I think, is a speech that probably has the uh, most powerful makes the most powerful case of economic nationalism, I think we've seen from President Trump in quite a while, another great speech today, and he went through a broad range of things. Speech took, I think, over an hour and a half. So uh, we've got a lot to catch up on. It's been a very active day, kind of a historic day. On Capitol Hill, we're going to get into all of it. First, uh, I tell you what I want to do. I want to start. I got a clip, and I want to comment on it. We got the clip We got the clip from the, I want to play the, this is the relentless attack upon President Trump now. For our uh, Real America Voice audience, our Lindell TV audience, everybody watches the War Room. Um, you've seen we've been taking these speeches because they're so good. You can't cut away, right? There's just too much humor, um, a discussion of topics of importance of the day, and also his uh, his philosophy. You know, the left and the uh, the opposition doesn't really pay attention to his policy videos, and they certainly don't pay attention to the policies parts of these speeches. They're just in full attack mode. So they'll take some of the more uh, President Trump when he goes after people to pull that and that's what they focus on. But there's a lot of policy there, a lot of great stuff. Let's go ahead. Uh, there's been an epic fail by the Keebler elves and particularly Club for Growth and David McIntosh. There's been an epic fail. I think they tested the New York Times. Jonathan Swan has a, uh, has a piece up. It's pretty amazing. They've tested 45 separate commercials, 45 separate spots attacking President Trump, trying to come between President Trump and MAGA, or trying to show that President Trump wasn't a true conservative. Jonathan Swan of the New York Times reports an epic, epic face plant. Let's go ahead. I think we got something from, I think it's CNN or MSNBC. Let's go ahead and play it, and we're going to make some observations here. Let's you know, let's chances read. to potentially stop Trump from steamrolling the nomination. Uh, Kristen, there is this new reporting about a conservative anti-Trump group, Win It Back, they spent $6 million in Iowa and, New and South Carolina. They tested all these different ads attacking Trump on a variety of issues, and none of it seemed to work. In fact, some of these ads actually boosted Trump. Yeah, so it really goes to show you why this race has been so difficult for his opponents, because they cannot figure out how to attack Donald Trump, and neither could this group. So this is the pack that was started by David McIntosh. He runs Club for Growth, which is a fiscal group of conservatives who used to side with Donald Trump, David McIntosh used to be friends with him, uh, and now they are mortal enemies. And it's, uh, actually, Club for Votes ran a bunch of campaigns against some of Donald Trump's endorsed candidates for the Senate in 2022, which really sparked a lot of this off. Uh, but what you're saying is correct. Almost nothing that they tried was actually effective. And, and it goes to show you, again, when you look at these candidates trying different things, they hit them head on, they say nice things, and then they say it's time to move on. Nothing really seems to be working. working. And in fact, his polls go up. So I want to show you one example of the ad in Iowa that they ran that, and I'll tell you what happened with it. I would have to say that Donald Trump did a great job. I always supported him. I supported him in the 16 and I supported him in the 20 election, but I didn't like his response to COVID. I thought he probably uh, got led a little bit by the bureaucrat. Okay, I wanna read to you what they said about this ad. This ad was our best creative on the pandemic and vaccines that we tested in focus, focus group settings but it still produced a backlash in our online randomized control experiment, improving President Trump's ballot support by four points 
and net favorability by 11 points. That was an attack ad <laughs> that then they did a focus group on, and it improved his likability or his net favorability by 11 points. Now, they do say that there are some things that these candidates can do to try and get through the essentially support for Donald Trump. And this is one of the things they say. They say that essentially to disarm the viewer, you have to have this opening of the ad establishing that the person did support Trump. They do think that they did a really, he did a really good job when he was in office, but it's time to move on. But even in that ad, that, that, that ad, he says it at the top exactly, that he likes yeah. Donald Trump. That's a Trump. permission structure at the it, top for, it, for a Trump voter. Right? And yeah. yet still, it had the complete opposite effect. Again, it just goes to show you how hard this is, what an uphill battle this is for some of these candidates. But we should also note the timing of these ads. I just Something when you talk to strategists in all these campaigns about Trump's dominant stature in the race, he has dominated the information flow. There's been no, there's so other, little information about these other candidates break through because of the indictment. So not only is he dominating the headlines, but he's been indicted and so his supporters are rallying around him for that cause. One you talk about the backfire right there, the backfire on the uh, the lawfare that was uh, that was aimed at President Trump. Now they're blaming that for <laughs> controlling the information flow. Why is this important? Why is this important on this day? Something pretty historic happened between the time we left you in the uh, in the morning shows and today, and that was uh, twenty one patriots stood up and voted down, voted no on the continuing resolution that um, Kevin McCarthy was pushing forward. And there's some surprising names in there. As we had Nancy Mason in the morning, she voted no. MTG, who's been so close to uh, Kevin McCarthy, voted no. Uh, we essentially doubled. You know, I told you, I thought it was be 10 or 11. I think Gates was a little more hesitant there, a little more conservative. 21 folks voted no. Now, immediately, and Bob Good. Uh, has a tweet out right now. I'm trying to get it up on Getter. I don't know if I get up quick enough. But Bob Good has got a a tweet out that says McCarthy's completely capitulating. He's capitulating to the Senate, and what they want to do now. And here's how they're going to try to roll us. Having defeated their CR and said, "Hey, we're ready to go back to work and let's keep pushing these uh, appropriations bills," and the Senate should start taking these things up because the Senate has a, hasn't passed any appropriations bill yet. They should start taking this up and let's move through the normal. The regular order and the normal course of business, and we'll get this government uh, financed in the appropriate time. And that may take a week, it may take two, it may take longer, but let's just get on with it. Stop all the nonsense about the CR. Kevin McCarthy immediately signals at a four o'clock meeting they had today that, gosh, you know, we've tried and you guys have uh, have stopped us. So, you know, we got to get a path out of here, and that path is probably going to be the Senate CR. Now, the Senate has recessed for the day. They're not back till noon tomorrow. And there's all types of back and forth on Twitter of what's going on. Uh, Democrats, uh, Patty Murray of Washington, others have come in and said, hey, if you guys think you're going to have a CR that doesn't have Ukraine in it, you got another thing coming. We, as a Democratic Senate, will never push this over. As you remember last night, the historic vote last night, and don't worry about the 300 to, what, 117. The key thing is that the majority of the conference, the majority of the Republican conference voted against the $300 million uh, in the defense uh, defense bill. Uh, why is this key? Because with the Hassert rule, you really can't bring anything to the floor. You can't take anything to the rules. You can't push anything forward that does not have a majority of the majority. We now have that. On Ukraine, and so this whole battle over the CR is going to get quite intense 
over the weekend uh, as we get into it tomorrow. But I want to make sure everybody understands we're on Watch It Now to tie it back to those ads. The Keebler Elves, and really the Keebler Elves backed by big donors. So forget the foreground. Forget the Tim Scotts or the Nikki Haley's or the, or the, uh, or the Ron uh, DeSantis's. It is really the donor money. Remember, they're trying to find a vehicle to stop Trump. Now, why is that? They hate Trump. Why do they hate Trump? They're not. If you saw that economic nationalism speech the other day, you know why they hate him. He goes up to Detroit. He mingles with workers. You saw that response today in California. You saw the speech in Detroit the other day that puts forward economic nationalism. He's not into the oligarchs of Wall Street running things. So they hate him. The Senate has said that under no circumstances will they send over a CR that's not 45 or 47 days long. Now, why is that interesting? Because the donors have told McConnell, you must get this passed, the uh, Commonwealth Virginia senatorial and House elections, because it's incumbent for Youngkin to win those, take the Senate and hold the House, for him to then pivot with the donor class and say, hey, I'm ready to go. I'm the guy that can take on Trump. So this is the, the Capitol Hill politics gets tied up with the presidential politics. And quite frankly, they've been running kind of on, on, on two separate tracks. And here's the reason. The action has been here really in the House. The action has been what's happening on Capitol Hill as we try to get our arms around this absolute financial catastrophe that is, the, uh, that is spending. And President Trump's been running kind of a, a just a parallel but uh, you know, effort to ignore to ignore the Keebler elves and to really focus on Biden and what Biden's doing and turn this into a Trump versus Biden. It's been a brilliant strategy. He has not uh, now. Newt Gingrich is out. Newt Gingrich is saying, "Hey, we should cancel the third debate. The RNC should cancel. It. Nobody's going to watch it. Nobody cares. The numbers are not moving. They've done a bunch of polling overnight. Trump is uh, solidifying and even increasing his lead. And you saw right there." They put $6 million into 45 different ads to test. In a number of these ads, which are attack ads, Donald Trump's, Donald Trump's numbers went up, including that one you just saw uh, about, I guess, the vaccine and the, and the mandates, where Donald Trump's approval went up 11 points. Okay, we've got a lot more to get into. We don't have a lot of time. We're going to take a short commercial break here in the war room. We're going to turn, remember, we're back tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock. we got a lot to go through. We're going to be working all night. Hopefully, I'll be up on Getter. There's so much going on right now, deal-making behind the scenes, but you should know that your patriots are dug in right now to say, hey, look, if the Leviathan runs out of gasoline uh, on midnight uh, Saturday night, so be it. We're going to continue on with our work. Short commercial break. We're going to turn to the war room in just a moment. are 198, the nays are 232, the bill is not passed. Without objection, a motion to reconsider is laid on the table. Tell them what the plans are. No, I'm going to keep it all secret. No, but you're, yes. are you, would you, what yes. is the logical next step? What is the logical next step? Keep working and make sure, uh, make sure we solve this problem. But what are we working on? What's in your back pocket, speaker? You guys, wait. Nothing right now. I'm broke. <laughs> is there a conversation with Leader Jeffries about a bipartisan thing? Do you think that needs to be a big four meeting? Have you heard from the president? So is there a path four without Democratic votes? Has there been any 
back channel talk with Kevin McCarthy and Republicans about what to do, because obviously we get to this point. Anything, any conversations? I know you talked to the uh, Problem Solvers Caucus a few days ago about their plan, but is there anything out there that's not obvious to us right now that you can share that says, okay, there might be a, a pathway out of this cause? There is only one path out of the reckless Republican effort to shut down the government, which is to take the bipartisan continuing resolution that is working its way through the United States Senate, and when it arrives at the House, put it on the floor for an up or down vote, and everyone in this town knows the bill will pass. And when it does, we can avoid the extreme MAGA Republican shutdown. Let's be clear, no, no back channel talks, nothing saying Kevin McCarthy said you, I have to get through this vote and then we can come back and talk. And Everything that, like that I've said publicly, I've communicated privately to Speaker McCarthy. Anyone else? This is another example of Republicans governing in fantasy land, bow, bowing down to the extremists in their party and being distracted from taking care of business for everyday Americans. We should be focused on dealing with building a healthy economy. We should be focused on solving problems for everyday Americans. We should be focused on quality of life issues. We should be focused on public safety. We should be focused on making sure that our children receive a high-quality public education. But the extreme MAGA Republicans are focused on trying to drive their conspiracy theories and their right-wing ideology down the throats of the American people, and it's a shame. So 21 Republicans just sided with Democrats to kill the conservative stopgap funding bill. Now this bill would have kept government open until October 31st, give Republicans time to negotiate our conservative appropriations bills with the Senate and get that work done. But it wasn't just some clean continuing resolution uh, funding old the old budget. It was actually a 30% cut in non-defense spending. It actually included our entire border security bill. So. 95% of the conference wanted to hit this really hard, right? And, 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 and push a very conservative uh, temporary stopgap measure to the Senate. Really put the border on the front and center here. If, you know, if we're gonna fund the government, we want the border to be secure. 95% of the conference wanted to do that. 21 Republicans sided with Democrats to stop us from doing that. They don't have a plan. They don't have an excuse. They will send you fundraising emails and call everybody else rhinos. They will. They're doing it right now. They'll call everybody else rhinos because everybody else voted for border security. Make that make sense. Now, why are they doing this? Because they think you're stupid. They think you're stupid. They think that that just the, the simple act of going against the rest of the conference, there's somehow value in that and that you'll reward them for it. Don't reward them for it. Stop letting them lie to you. Uh, Crenshaw, what's the lie? You've sat there and supported McCarthy the entire time through in January, in the spring of the debt deal. You have, you have consistently supported this guy. None of this would have happened. The appropriations, none of this would have happened without those heroes and patriots. You're just another happy talk, and you can't hide behind being a Navy SEAL. Your service is fantastic. Uh, we applaud you for that. And, uh, you know, you're a patriot in that regard. 
But those are patriots in this regard. You're seeing the destruction of the nation, and all you do is give that. It's totally performative. The border thing's performative. Where's he verify, bro? What's going to happen in 30 days? Are you going to, this, this, these are just messaging optics. People are tired of it, and they're tired of you. They're tired of the sanctimonious way you rhinos sit there and dictate, but you finally got jammed up. And here's the beauty of it. There was 21. I mean, I think that even surprised Matt Gates a little bit. I told Matt today, I thought there'd be 10 to 12, 21. Some interesting people jumped in there. Now, we're hearing right now, they're they're saying, because this thing's getting nasty. And we're hearing right now that people are saying, hey, some of the House Freedom Caucus and maybe even some of the 21 are sitting there going, well, if you can put the, if we can really talk about a time schedule and a timeline for the Senate to really address these issues, maybe we can give a, you know, a rolling CR that keeps the government open for a couple of days at a time to see that the Senate's actually working on things to basically get appropriations bills that can get the job done here. That's number one. Other people are saying, well, we can't go to the 31st. We're not going to do that, but maybe we do a week or two. So, so you're seeing some folks get wobbly, and that's to be expected. But right now it's dug in. I got to tell you, the Senate side, they, they've recessed till noon because they're cutting deals back and forth. I've already had an opportunity to talk to a couple of senators. And they've told people, hey, it's just not going to be acceptable uh, to me to include Ukraine spending in this. And we've heard from the Democrats already that they've jammed up, you know, they're jamming people up on uh, on on Ukraine. So where does this put us late on a uh, or early in a Friday evening? As we get into Friday night here, nobody's left. Everybody's here. They're all negotiating or getting pressure. 202-225-3121. They may not, they may have shut the switchboard down, but that's so you got in your back pocket. Give an attaboy, and particularly give an attaboy to the 21 that jumped in here today. Uh, Grace Chong and Mo have the list. We've put it out a couple of times. We ought to promulgate it again. Give an attaboy. There's some surprise names on there. So make sure that you tell everybody a job well done. The, um, Byron Donalds, and I know Byron does not like, Congressman Donalds does not like having his name associated anymore with the CR, but brother, you're the one that came up with it. So the Byron Donalds CR goes down to defeat this afternoon with 21 uh, Patriots saying, no, mm-mm, not good enough. We're not going to do this. We're not going to play this game. We're going to get back to work and let's pass these appropriations bills and let's get in with the Senate. And hey, if the apparatus is 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 uh is definanced at midnight on sunday so be it you guys have plenty of time to work and we're not going to just give more heroin to the heroin addict when you talk about heroin just make sure on birch gold birchgold.com slash bannon get the end of the dollar empire and particularly there's four installments now the fourth installment we did is about coming off the gold center or the convertibility of gold the u.s dollar into gold all the way up to August of 1971, when President Nixon, with an executive order, it actually we lay out there, it's a temporary emergency executive order, took us off that. Um, and you also get the third episode, a third installment. They're all free. Uh, go the debt trap, and you'll get savvier about what's happening right now. Of course, the politics of currency. This fight, this fight over money, this fight over financing Leviathan. This fight that's now leading into what does exactly Leviathan do and why is it so big and why is it everywhere in our lives? That is now politics going for, yes, 
There, there are many other things going on, but it's all going to tie back to money. One of the biggest things, and I think Biden announced today, they're going to shovel cash to, and I think it's Panama specifically, to deport people coming there back to their home country. Uh, that is a pretty big deal because it shows this audience and the great reporting we've done, they cannot, they cannot uh, lie about it or, or hide. They understand what's happening coming through the Darien Gap. And here's the, here's the great thing. They're admitting that deportations work. This deportation fight on the southern border, what they've done to the southern border and the invasion of the country, why they've been financing, they shoveled $113 billion to Ukraine. Think about that. In the last year, we, we're, we're now going to have, uh, you know, President Trump and I say 10. That's backed up by data. There's even the Biden administration admits 6 million illegal aliens here. 6 million. By gaming the system under amnesty. Okay. And the, and the U.S. government going out of their way. That's what the fight was over the last couple of days. And as I told you, it's going expo to expose who you're actually governed by. You look at some of these amendments and some of these votes, we're going to put up summaries. You'll be shocked at some of the people that did not back certain things that you support adamantly. And here's the key. It's the key is to get is to make sure that you can uh, that you can you know how people vote. Now, I want to show you something. And this happens on a fairly regular basis. This is David Swikert, a, a congressman from Arizona. Let's go ahead. I want to go ahead and play. Let's go ahead and play uh, David Swikert's uh piece here about the debt ceiling. Let's listen to this for a couple of minutes and I'll come right back in. Math, please just turn off your television. Stop watching um, because this is becoming a math free zone around here. And why is there the fighting here on the House? What's the fussing? You do understand every dime. Every dime a member of Congress votes on now is all borrowed money. There's a very good chance, and we'll know actually next week when the final Treasury data is posted, that for this fiscal year, the 2023 fiscal year, which ends this weekend, we will borrow, and I'm sorry, but this is how you need to think about it, we will borrow functionally 9% of GDP. So 9% of the entire economy will be just the borrowed money, not the spent money, the borrowed money. We are hitting numbers that should be terrifying. I don't know why they're not terrifying to the folks on the left. Basically, they, you just saw it. They just came to the microphone saying, we want more money. Where does it come from? So, so, so let's actually walk through just some basic facts. And this isn't Republican or Democrat math. It's just math. And as the family saying is, math will always win. It may take a while. But the math will always win. So the reason for this chart, Mr. Speaker, is one more time to try to visualize. This is the 2023 budget. Okay. In that 2023 budget, here's what we call discretionary spending. This is defense and non-defense. Okay, it's, we have 1.7 on this chart. It's actually closer to $1.8 trillion. This wedge over here is actually... Let's just call it Medicare. Social Security still has its own trust fund, which is out in nine years. So when you hear a Democrat saying, well, we don't borrow any of Social Security, you shouldn't be talking about it. The trust fund's gone in nine years, and the recapitalization of it is brutal. 
But once again, our brothers and sisters on the left um, don't want to actually deal with the math because it's such a great campaign hit on anyone that actually cares about not doubling senior poverty in nine years. So back to this chart. So when you look at this, you got to understand, this blue wedge is all we get to vote on. All the red, the 72% of spending we call mandatory is on autopilot. You get that benefit because you worked your 40 quarters, you earned your Social Security benefit. You worked you know, a certain amount, you paid into your Medicare, you turned 65, you get that benefit. You hit a certain age. That is the vast, vast majority of the spending, and it's also, if you go from today through the next 30 years, is 100% of the future debt. It's demographics. I say this over and over and over and over. I want. I really want to thank the the team there that did a uh, did a great job, and we can make a we're going to make a uh, a video of this so people watch. He does an excellent job. Today he took an hour. It was the house is virtually empty, but took an hour to walk through what you hear in Worm a lot. Here's the key. Swiker gives us amazing speech and analysis. And he goes over, over and over again how this is not sustainable because it's not sustainable. And this is what the central issue of our time right here is. If we don't get this right, the whole thing's going to collapse. Swikert quit the Freedom Caucus after the January fight. And David Swiker, with that great pitch, voted for the debt deal. And he was not one of the 21 today. And you're sitting there going, with that level of hypocrisy, it's deeper than that. It's a mindset that I can say one thing, and he, I think, is one of the experts up there of going through that. It's a very compelling and powerful analysis he does. And then you vote for the two-year debt deal. That's impossible. That's just impossible. Just you can't. How can you do that? There's nothing. The the mathematics. And by the way. Um, Crenshaw, all of them voted for. So don't they're not going to sit there and lecture people about you don't get to lecture Graves and Crenshaw and McCarthy and little McHenry with his bow tie uh, and and you Swikert. You don't get to lecture people on MAGA extremists. You don't get to lecture people. Do you think Akeem Jeffries? When you sit there, do you think he has any clue or any interest, these Democrats, when we sit there talking over the last couple of nights, have you watched this? All they're yelling about is that we're having cuts. The total cuts when this thing's over, $100 billion, $200 billion, maybe if the Senate puts it in, on a $7 trillion budget, or even when you look at the discretionary, $1.7 trillion, a couple of hundred billion dollars, and, and it's like the end of the world. The nation's in a crisis. This is why I've done. This is why I've taken the last couple of years working with Birch Gold to put out the end of the dollar empire. Remember, anybody before anybody started talking about that, we were because we we're looking downrange, and we said, "Hey, the only way that we can keep this kind of going." And Trump alluded to this in the speech in Detroit. President Trump's speeches about economic nationalism are very powerful. They're powerful because they have substance in back of it, and it relates to the policies. That he uh, that he did in sixteen or in seventeen to uh, to twenty or twenty one, and particularly the golden year of nineteen, where it all kind of clicked before the CCP allowed the bioweapon either to inadvertently be released or and then exacerbated or released it 
on purpose to stop Trump, to thwart Trump. We are at a defining moment right now. And what's going to happen, uh, and this is not going to go away. A lot of what you're going to see in politics going forward is fighting over this exact topic. We did a back of the envelope today. As David Swiker goes through this, David Swiker talks about the $600 billion we're going to pay in interest this year. And he says it's going to be a trillion dollars by next year. We've calculated, and we'll try to refine this over the weekend, I think it could be significantly north of a trillion dollars. Significantly north of a trillion dollars. And once that happens, it starts to build on itself. This is what we have right now. We have this problem where we're accelerating at an accelerating rate. We're accelerating at an accelerating rate. And nobody is prepared to step in and actually lance the boil. This is why 21 people today on the Sierra just said, look, we can't play. We understand, you know, what you're going to say, and you're going to have nothing on Fox but shut down porn, and you're going to have Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell and, and Crenshaw and all these guys. You never win. You never win shutdowns well. We won in 14 after the shutdown in 13, and you picked up House seats in 20 after the uh, – and Trump won with 74 million votes. Trump got 74 million votes. And you picked up 12 house seats. Nat, how did that work? That's called winning after the 18, early 19 shutdown. It's just a lie. It's about how you message it. Now, you haven't heard any messaging. McCarthy's all walk around, stoop shouldered. Yeah, the shutdown. No, this is an opportunity to be seized. This is an opportunity to make this a teaching moment or a teachable moment to the American people. The American people need to be brought in here. We know from all the polling, as soon as they understand what the true finances of the country are, they go, wow, I can't run my personal life like that. We certainly can't do that. And, oh, I see how it's directly impacting and affecting my personal life, my family's life, my kids' lives. You have to personalize this. That is not impossible. In fact, it's hard, but it's not that hard. But you have to have a straightforward conversation, people, and show them the math. The funny money, the printing of the, of, the, of the Federal Reserve, can we continue to do it? Yes, we can continue to do it for a while. But the nations of the earth, many of whom have to buy the bonds, but particularly the nations of the earth that own the natural resources, the oil, the gas, the tin, the rubber, the rare earths, all of the, all of the, the mining of the world. They're sitting there going, yeah, I see what the scam is. What they do is continue to run these massive deficits because they don't have any fiscal responsibility. And the, the monetary policy is just to continue to print and continue to print and continue to print. And what is it doing? It's killing our purchasing power. So here's what we'll do. Our central banks will start to buy gold. We will start to de-dollarize. And we will figure out how to do some basket of currency so we don't have to convert everything into dollars. And on the evening of 29 September in the year of our Lord, 2023, that's where we are. We're in a showdown. The reason we're in a showdown is because of you. You stood in the breach. And I will tell you, having read President Trump's uh, truth early in the week, I think he's quite proud of the work that you've done. President Trump in California, Stephen K. Bannon here in the nation's capital. We're going to be back tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock. I guarantee you it will be a show that's on fire as the intense weekend of the showdown, of the definancing of Leviathan continues. Remember, the clock strikes uh, midnight on Cinderella tomorrow night. 
We'll be around. I'll be up on Getter. Uh, make sure everybody's there. Streaming. We're putting tons of content all night and tomorrow. We'll see you back here at 10 a.m. in the war room. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out.